Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. This is a CC Radio podcast. It was just the most massive thing I've ever seen. I, to tell you the honest truth, I thought, well, we're the only ones left on this planet. Something's happened. We've missed something here. The fear that went in me when I seen it was just, um, like, the feeling. I'd say it was fear, but I've never felt that feeling before in my entire life. It's a weird feeling. Like, you can't explain it when you don't know. You feel like you're being followed, but you don't know what it is. We had two to our right, another one in front of us, another one to the left, and another one just across the road, shaking the daylight out of the tree. All we get was a big red eye. I remember waking up and looking at the end of the bed, and there was a figure there, almost insect-like, and then I blacked out. Welcome to the show, everyone. You are listening to Believe, Paranormal and UFO Radio. My name is Cade Moyer, and thanks for tuning in. If you've had an encounter, get in touch with me. My email address is believe at ccradio.com.au or you can message me on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash believe UFO radio. If you enjoy this episode, there are a few things you can do to help the show. Firstly, you can go to iTunes and leave us a five-star rating and review or you can share the show around social media with your friends and family and that would help us grow. Tonight, I'm joined by Joel, and Joel's had a life full of encounters with the unknown. Joel, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me on, Cade. Um, it's a great experience to, to get the opportunity to come onto the show, mate. Mate, the, uh, the pleasure's all mine to have you on, because the email that you sent me was pretty mind-blowing. And when I say you've had a life full of, full of encounters, you genuinely have. So, can you take us back to where this all started for you, and kind of just run us through to, to where you are today? Yeah, okay. So, um, currently I live in, um, central Queensland. I'm, I turned 43 this year, but, um, a lot of my encounters started when I was quite young. Um, I can just recall back staying at my, uh, aunt's house and always sensing things in the room and the hallways and, and things like that. And, um, as I started to get older, I just had, occasional experiences that wouldn't occur all the time but every now and then I would notice things around the house and um it used to I remember it used to really scare me that um I, I can remember my first big experiences when I was 13 and I went down to Batemans Bay in New South Wales with my family for a holiday and uh, we stayed in this two-story townhouse um and I can recall that there was only uh, so many beds downstairs for the other kids and mum and dad, and they asked me to sleep upstairs, which I was excited about. But uh, when I slept upstairs and turned the lights off and uh, went to bed, I I noticed the uh, the bed actually started to shift around a little bit, and I couldn't see anyone there, and I started to get quite, quite fearful. And um, the next thing that happened is I actually felt the back legs of the bed actually pick up probably it felt like about 12 inches off the ground and the bed shook violently and um by that stage i was under the the doona and i was really really frightened and um it must have happened on and off throughout the night and i was just frozen i couldn't sleep that's terrifying how old were you when that was happening um i was 13 at the time um i, I would think that that was my first big experience. Um, like, like I said, I think younger than that, I'd had a few things happen, but that was the first thing that really made me realise, hang on, there's something else out there. Like there's a ghost in this room and it's quite angry with me. Was that um, the impression that you got during that, that entire night of those, I guess, those encounters happening to you? Yeah, definitely. I I didn't see anything that I could could feel the energy in the room was of anger and um yeah something was actually shaking the bed and that sort of went on all night and um the next morning i 
went downstairs and I remember telling mum about it and she never really said too much. Um, and the crazy thing was the second night I actually went back up and stayed up there again. Um, why? I To this day, I can't remember. I just remember going back up there again and um, thinking, oh, no, I was probably... I may have been having a bad dream or something, but the same thing happened on the, sec- <laughs> the second night. So that sort of confirmed to me, yeah, well, this is real. And um, after that, I never went back up there. So <laughs> <laughs> I don't blame you, mate. That would have been quite a terrifying encounter at such a young age too. And did you tell your parents about what happened in that room at all? Yeah, yeah, I did tell um, them about what happened and they never really said a lot. Um, my dad sort of said to me some of the experiences he had when I was little. Um, to this day, he doesn't talk about it anymore, but he said to me bits and pieces and about bed shakes and stuff. So I kind of realised that, you know, there is something else out there at that stage. And at that time then I was sort of a little you know I was kind of fascinated in the spiritual world and always believed in it but at the same time it wasn't something that occurred all the time it was just sort of randomly that I'd just pick up on things now and then like um like um a couple of years later I remember I um was sitting in the kitchen and um at mum and dad's house I would have been probably a couple of years after that and a glass exploded that was sitting on the table and it went I must have shattered and went probably 15 meters it's quite a big area in that house and it, I remember a lot of the glass ended up near the it hit the actual back door and it was all scattered all the way down the hallway so that was another thing that happened um, after that uh, probably the first spirit I seen was at and uh, my girlfriend through high school, it would have been when I was around 17. Um, I was downstairs at her place and we were both sitting together and we seen a lady in a purple dress walk down the stairs. Um, and we both turned, we both seen it and we both turned around, looked at each other in shock. So that was a good confirmation. I've always had good confirmations with other people to actually see spirits. So. That was the first um, time I've actually had like the visual thing while I was wide awake. How did you know it was a spirit? Was there, was it a feeling or was it something that you could, and this might sound very stereotypical, but like, could you see through the, through the person or was there something about it that kind of made you yet yeah, think that's 100% a spirit right there? Yeah. Yeah. Because we, yeah, because we couldn't see a face so much just a, she had a long purple dress on it was like a spiral staircase and she this lady um she walked down very slowly just one step at a time so it was something that wasn't in the corner of our eye will just glaring straight at this lady and um she was not like it wasn't like looking at a person as such you could still sort of see through it was just like an like that um you can still see through her, but you can still see that um, her perf. You could still see what she looked like as a human being when she would have been alive, like a, a body shape and everything else. And as she took um, steps down the stairs, as soon as she put a foot off the stair, she just vanished immediately. So it was something that probably lasts for about ten seconds. So that was the first um, good visual I've seen. Yeah, just while I was wide awake, that was pretty mind-blowing really and um yeah from then on i was i was pretty pretty well interested in the whole idea of the spirit world so that one experience there really kind of led you down the path of exploring it more is that what you're saying yeah i believe so like i've always i've always explored it but that was probably just seeing one uh, the first time without actually going to search for it it just happened and I've seen it with another person. We both seen exactly the same thing the way we described the lady. That was probably the, yeah, that, that was probably the first time I really thought to myself, wow, you know, this, this is all real stuff. So, um, yeah, leading on from that, um, 
it was sort of random on and off for a few years after that. The the next encounter was um, quite a few years later. Now, I'd always sort of felt other people's energy and I was always very empathic and felt a lot of people's emotions around me. That was something that was always apparent for me my whole life still to this day. But um, I never really had too many more experiences till I was probably 22 or 23 and I was driving down to Newcastle down a back road towards um, Lake Macquarie through Wakefield and um, I was with a friend I was driving and probably about oh, 30 metres in front of the car uh, we seen a big red orb fly across the road from one side of the road to the other it was probably about nearly a metre round and it was spinning um, really bright, bright red orangey colour um, like many describe um, and it essentially this thing wanted, it was like it was trying to grab our attention, but it was like only 50 metres ahead of us and went directly straight across the front of us and into the bush. And I remember stopping and we pulled over and we looked around and we didn't really know what it was and we just thought, oh, but I never really even heard of orbs or anything back then. That was probably the first time I've seen an orb. Um, so that was quite mind-blowing for us. That's incredible. So you were fairly close to this thing then. Yeah, absolutely. Um, it was, at the time, um, I wasn't really researching that sort of thing or really thinking anything of it. I was just, it was probably around nine o'clock at night and, um, yeah, definitely 100% it was it was an orb. And um, I wouldn't say it was um, like a UFO or anything like that I, I, I'm, I, or it could be a UAP, but this thing was perfectly round and it was spinning really quickly and it travelled like across us, like with like basically to the point where it deliberately came out in front and then went into the bush and then when we pulled over and looked into the bushland, we just couldn't see anything. So when you when you say it was a red, red orb, did it seem like it was a... a- a ball of energy or could you could you see that there was like some kind of i guess solid structure to it like some mass or something like that yeah it it looked like um yeah it definitely it wasn't see-through um like it it was yeah it was like just a glowing it was like just a glowing um ball of energy definitely had um was like it was definitely uh, conscious in some way. The way it, it, even though it never like zigzagged backwards and forwards, just the way that it travelled and rotated, it was like something that was definitely uh, like had its own uh, conscious and sort of like it knew what it was doing as such. Yeah, that's really interesting. I wonder if there was a, a min min light or something like that. Well, I've sort of done some research of late to try and see if that's what it was, a min-min light, and it, it kind of, even though there's been no sightings of min-min lights around Lake Macquarie, um, I have done a fair bit of research on that the last couple of years, and there has been a lot of sightings of those red orbs around that lake. That lake itself has been known for UFO activity as well. So um, it's, it was probably around a kilometre away from the lake, but, as soon as you go down that road, it just goes into thick bushland immediately um, onto the back of Mount Sugarloaf. And was the orb making any noise or, or anything like that when you saw uh, it? I was dead silent. We couldn't hear it. Um, and the friend of mine that was in the car with me, he never really said a lot about it. He just sort of looked at it and said, oh, what, what was that? And was just really shocked. And we sort of stopped and pulled over. And then um, we just sort of drove, um, looked for about, five or ten minutes to see what it was and we couldn't see anything we just got in the car and drove off and i never really thought about it i just remember experiencing it i wasn't scared and just thought oh this happened and sort of moved on um that was just something that i remember was a really pronounced experience when i was younger and it's probably the only time i've ever seen anything like that yeah it's really fascinating like i've never heard of anyone having an encounter with a red orb I've heard uh, stories of like blue and green ones, um, and and of course li- like little white ones. But a red orb is something that's kind of new to me, and I might have to do some research around that Wakefield area in New South Wales to to see 
what the go is because if it if it's got as much UFO action as you say it is, I wonder if that was uh, you know, something related to that. I wonder if it's maybe drone related or something like that, if it's if it's so so relevant there. Yeah, well this would have been Oh, that would have been around 2003 that happened. Um, and, um, yeah, I have done some research around Lake Macquarie, which is it's a really big lake in New South Wales, down um, just south of Newcastle, north of Central Coast. And there has been a lot of activity around that Central Coast area, Lake Macquarie area, area and particularly of just going through some forums I've seen, I've seen people talking about red orbs in the area. So that was a really interesting encounter, that one. Uh, one that I'll never forget, and I wish I would have been able to video it. It was just uh, still to this day, I can picture it very clearly. Yeah, it really is quite a fascinating encounter. And um, yeah, I'm definitely going to look into that area because if it's if it's happening as as much as you're kind of alluding to, I wonder if there's someone who's got footage or something of that out there, or even if someone who listens to this podcast, because we have quite a listener base down in um in the in the Sydney area, and I wonder if anyone else has experienced something like that around there. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I've listened to a bit of Damien John Knott stuff, and he's spoken about red orbs as well, and it sounds very similar to what he speaks about. Um, that I've been able to reference it to some of the sightings that he's had. Actually, I should get in touch with him because he may have some more information about that more than anyone else. Now that you are that you mention it, yeah, absolutely. So you've seen this orb. Where where does your life go after this? Because you kind of almost say that this was it just kind of happened and you kind of moved on with your life, but uh, there's I know there's so much more to your story. So what happens after that? Then. I would have been, 20, yeah, like early 20s at the time and um, it was at this stage in my life I, uh, yeah, I'd, I'd sort of moved down to around the Orange, New South Wales area and I never really had any occurrences down there. Everything was fairly, uh, I would say, tame for a while. I had a lot of deja vu experiences but nothing really that stood out. Um, it probably wasn't until... Many years after that, I started to experience things more. I believe um, I remember seeing a, a, a friend of mine in New South Wales who was a psychic, and um, she um, said to me when I went and seen her, she said, oh, while you're seeing me, you know, you're quite psychic yourself. You should really start to practice this. So I, I, I was quite confused about that. I'm thinking, how do I do that? I, I've got no idea. Um, I never really knew anything about it, but she just that's stuck in my mind and I'm still friends with that lady to this day and she's helped me out a lot. Um, it wouldn't be for many years after that. Um, I never had many experiences as such. Um, after I seen the red orb with spirits or anything until many years later, I would say I was in my thirties for some reason or other. It, it just went very quiet. Um, I'm not sure why, I would say maybe subconsciously I was shutting it down and I was very focused on, I've got a very engineering mind. I was very focused on my work and my job and keeping busy and going to the gym and and just trying to be a typical guy. But I was never really 100% truly happy. Um, every time I wanted to feel uh, better, I would always look into the meditation side of things and, and, and start to relax and just try and wind down. And um, I think it was um, probably many years later, it was around 2012, um, I went th- through a separation with my partner. And um, at that time, I was quite down. And um, I remember um, after we separated, I decided that I'd go back to New South Wales for a bit. But I remember... Um, that at this stage I started to do, have a lot of um, lucid dreaming experiences. I remember seeing a friend of mine come to me in the dream because I, I I got right into um, car tuning type of work. And um, a friend of mine who died of cancer when he was younger, he loved cars and he, he always remembered um, me working on cars. And he came to me in his dream and 
said he was really happy with the way things were and I remember it was a big ocean and he came flying up to a jetty and, and said to me, oh, I love what you're doing. Um, keep keep it up. You know, you've got a lot we've got a lot of head here. And I, I just remember I wasn't thinking of this guy at all leading up to this and that happened and I realised that next day I thought, well, I've just had some sort of experience. And then it started to sort of really turn on from there. Um, the next experience was I, I can remember... Um, I would uh, wake up in the morning and I'll just start drawing and I, I can remember drawing all these um, pictures of a house in New South Wales and I remember it was, I could actually feel cold, I'd have goosebumps all over me and I'd draw dams and things like that and um, little did I know I was actually having a, I was having some sort of psychic experience because at, at that time too I was having um lucid dreaming where i'd see um a little girl come in and um i was in a bedroom and she was waving at me and saying hello and smiling um and it was at that stage where i really started to grasp the idea of lucid dreaming and how when things come into you that um those um i would say um spirits that are coming to you or like a some sort of non-organic being would engage you and actually wave to you um, and smile. And that's the first thing that I picked up on when I started to lucid dream was when I would go into those states, I would actually be engaged by the person who wanted to contact me. And in this, in this scenario, she actually walked me through the house and showed me through this house and um, walked up and pointed to this lady and, and said, oh, that's my mummy. And I remember this um, lady actually um, looking down and she was just reading a book and then um, and then I woke up and it was probably around 12 months later that I actually um, met this lady and ended up staying at that house and it was exactly how I'd drawn it um, the whole block um, all the, the dam um, and the little girl was identical to the one in the dream that was her what was your reaction from that? Was that was that something that you were because I know you said you were lucid dreaming, but were you consciously aware that of what you were doing? Because no, well, uh, I at that stage I didn't know what lucid dreaming was, and I'd never really read about it before. Um, I didn't know if someone said to me about lucid dreaming or or how. Um, visuals happening when you're in that theta state. I, I didn't understand how I actually got into that state. It was just occurring. Um, it just was something that just happened and I experienced at the time and I just wrote it all down and um, just remembered it vividly and I realised then I thought I've just had a psychic experience. You know, um, I've had some trauma in my life. I've gone through a separation and that's it, generally through those periods where you, you generally get the most help um, and the most things that come to, come to you. And um, that was very profound for me at that stage. I, I could imagine so because that, that would have been something that would really shift your paradigm, I would imagine. And now a quick word from our sponsor. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Also, are you wanting more content? Why not become a Believe Plus member? You'll get access to exclusive podcasts and episodes that aren't available to the public. Not only that, you'll also get our regular feed without any ads. Head to believepod.com forward slash plus to sign up today for just $5 a month. Yeah, and uh, it was at that stage too when um, I really started to research it a little bit more. But I, I do 
as I said, I um, I recall going through the hallway and seeing this lady and, and she actually used to sit in this chair and read books on this chair when I went down there and I actually told her about the experience. I said, this and that's happened and she believed in all that and um, she said to me, she goes, oh, it sounds like you've got some sort of psychic gift or something that, you know, that you've got the ability to turn on if you want to. And um, I, I don't know what happened. That was a very bizarre point in my life. I just remember going down there and um, experiencing all this, whether it was calming or not, I don't know. But um, it was just, a, I just remember having that experience. And um, that was probably the, the, the really big, confirmation for me that okay I, I do have some sort of psychic gift and I really want to use that to my advantage to help me through life and making the right decisions and going in the right direction so what happens after this happens then so you you've made this decision what's the what happens then do you do you actively seek out to to help other people or is it something that you you actively try to investigate things or something like that? Um, at, at that stage, I never really thought about ETs and how it all linked together and energy work and all that kind of thing. I was, Or even meditation. I was just very amazed about um, what had happened. Um, and um, looking back at it then, I was probably, compared to what I am now, I was probably quite, uh, what you would call 3D as what many people would call it now I was probably still more self-absorbed um, I believe at that time I was helping people like I helped this lady a lot um, and her kids I through a tough transition in their life I helped them through that um, but at that stage I started to seek out my friend in Newcastle again the psychic lady and she started to give me a little bit more information and um uh, after we parted ways, it was probably a couple of years after that, we parted ways and I ended up um, staying at my parents' place. And um, this was probably the next big thing. Um, I, I went moved back to my parents in Karakari in New South Wales for probably around 12 months. Um, I was going through a bit of a rough patch in my life and um, I was doing a bit of work on and off, but I was still... Um, I was still really enjoying myself. I was quite happy. I was seeing my old friends and stuff. I would have been at that that time. It would have been around 2014, and um, I can just remember lying in bed one night, and um, I I can recall I used to see a wolf at the end of the bed, um, like a dog's face at the end of the bed. He would stick his head up and look at me. And I honestly thought that I was just seeing things. Like um, I just thought, no, I'm just seeing things. Um, I and I would just go to sleep. And um, this started to happen every night for probably a couple of weeks. And um, I remember I could still sort of there was a light on outside, uh, but I was sort of right next uh, my my room. Um, had a couple of big glass doors, so there was a lot. There was a light on outside, so I could still see inside the room. But I remember it must have been around ten o'clock, and a, a man walked into the room, and I thought it was my dad. And I remember turning around and looking at this man, and I said, "Dad, what are you doing?" Um, because um, he just walked in and was just staring at me, and I said, "What are you doing, Dad? What? Are you, what's the matter?" And I remember turning around and I remember seeing a, my grandfather stand there looking at me. He'd passed away in 1986, a long, long time before. Oh, wow. And, um, and um, he was very, um, it was much the same experience as what I had when I was around the 17 and seeing the spirit come downstairs. But this time, um, I could actually physically see every wrinkle on his face and every outline of his body. Um, I can remember his clothes that he was wearing and his height and his build. It was that I could still make out that he was a spirit. Like, um, he just had that, it was kind of like slightly see through, but a strong outline. And, um, I remember I screamed at the time. I was that scared that for some reason it really freaked me out. Um, and then he vanished. 
Uh, but it was prior to that I'd seen a psychic lady um, and she said to me that a friend of mine who was helping me out that I would that uh, my grandfather was watching me and he said that I've got three red toolboxes and I need to get my tools in order. And she said that he will show himself to you one day and he did. So I, I never forget that. Um, and at that stage, again, I'd, it, these experiences started to happen more and more. Do you think you could see him better because you were maybe more in tune with your gift? Yeah, look, I, um, I wouldn't say that I was in the... Um, uh, like a meditative state at the time i i was sort of starting to do some meditation at that point just some 15 minute meditation but i i wasn't like in what they would call a theta state or anything like that i just i just remember seeing him standing there and um it was kind of like i was i was wide awake and he was really trying to grab my attention to say hey i'm watching over you because uh at that time, we had a death in the family. Uh, it was my cousin. She passed away. She was only early 40s. So I was also, the family was quite upset about it. And um, he he showed himself at that time. So that was sort of something that it really stuck with me. And I believe that's when, yeah, that things really started to ramp up for me at that point um, with, yeah, that psychic kind of kind of thing. And, and um I remember actually starting to do a lot of research on uh, the ghost hunting stuff at that stage. I used to watch a lot of YouTube videos with the the voice recorders and I was like fascinated with all these devices that people were using. Whether it was half of it was fake or not, I don't know, but I just remember watching all this ghost hunting stuff and I think I was actively diving into it and opening myself up more by doing that. Even though I actively never went out and did that, I was really focusing on it in my life so i believe it started to happen more um my next experience kate was um i actually got a job back up in queensland again it was a shutdown and i thought i'm going to go up and you know start working again and um it was on the way up i had i met a fella um and um i'll yeah uh, this fella's name was nick and um he's been a massive help for me um, the last few years and he lives at um, Lismore and um, I actually met this guy just by searching I was looking for healers and that some people that could help guide me through the right direction you know help me with some things that were happening and um, he was the, sort of the first guy that I sort of really got some good lessons from um, and um, yeah he he was really helpful at that point. He didn't really show me a real lot of things then. He just basically said that I'm on the right track and he, he said to me that I was going to have a little girl and um, that I was very good at reading manuals and that I should really focus on my um, psychic skills. Um, so that sort of stuck with me. And, um, yeah, moving forward, I, I came up to Gladstone and um, again and um, I started to work. Um, there were a few shutdowns and um, I never really, I had a few experiences, uh, nothing too major. I'd, I wasn't doing any meditation at that point and I wasn't lucid dreaming as such. I, um, But I ended up, um, yeah, meeting a lady up here and she's like my partner today. We've got two kids together. Uh, we met in so 2016 and... Um, yeah, she um, had a very similar life to me, probably a lot more profound experiences in some ways. But um, when we sort of moved in together, it was kind of like um, her, with us both being in the house, it kind of amplified things as such. Um, it's When we're together, it seems to occur more. Um, we found we moved into a rental and... Um, we had some bizarre things happening in that house. There was a, a spirit in this house that had been harassing her. And um, I'd moved in and it got cranky that I was there. Um, really? Yeah, it didn't really like me being there, I don't think. I, it, it seemed to, it started to slam doors and uh, I'd find that if I'd come in the house at a turn, as soon as I'd take three or four steps into the house, the aircon in the bedroom would just turn on immediately every time like it was saying i'm watching you oh wow 
Yeah, and um, I remember laying on the bed one afternoon. It was probably on a weekend, and I just laid down for a nap, and I was went to text one of my friends. And I, just, I remember just looking outside, and as I was looking outside, I remember the window unlatched and slid up. It was like a vertical glass window that you actually had to slide up and latch in. I remember clearly seeing this thing unlatch and sliding up and then locking up. I'm thinking, oh, something's just moved that. So uh, we had a few other experiences, and at that point too, I... Um, you know, Kristen sort of introduced me to pendulums and things like that, and I started to use pendulums, which um, for any of the listeners out there that don't know what a pendulum is, essentially it's just a crystal or any type of metal that you hang off like a thread and you can actually ask yes or no answers and it'll spin in different directions, uh, whether it's yes or no. Um, I started to realise, like I started to use pendulums and um, use that for guidance. Um and when I started doing that, it just seemed to ramp things up more. I, I used to remember laying in that bed and having something whisper in my left ear and the it was like whispers, but I could feel the breath blowing in my ear as well. And um, I started to really freak out. Um, we can remember one night laying in bed and... Uh, someone bashed on the door and yelled out, Mummy, it was a little girl. That was a, another strong experience in that house. And um, at that point, I started to seek out some help to try and clear this thing out because we'd been using sage and all the rest of it. Wouldn't leave. Um, Beatty had seen him as well. Um, ended up meeting a lady and she'd, um, she was actually helping me a little bit as well with some healing stuff. And she did clearings on houses and... Um, she told me some of the things she was going to do, and at that time I didn't really understand. She said she was going to go there and clear it out herself. Like, and um, I remember she, um, we just gave her the address, and that she said that she went there, and I didn't really understand what she meant. And now, now I realise that she actually travelled there. Oh, really? But, yeah, she was very, very good at astral travelling. Very good, uh, gifted psychic um, lady, and. Um, she actually went there and, and explained to me what was there and started to talk about attachments and stuff to me and said that my part had an attachment and um, that she was going to clear it. And um, I remember she came over to the house physically one day and um, another thing that would happen would be the roller door would open itself up during the night and things like that as well and doors would slam. And I remember when she went in there, doors it didn't like her going in and the doors were slamming in the house and... This thing was obviously a spirit that passed over that was angry. And um, she went through the house and done a clearing and said it was okay. And um, we went back in the house and it was good for about a month. And I remember we went back in there one day and the aircon turned on by itself again. And I thought, oh, it's back again. And um, yeah, all the experiences started to occur again, very similar to what I just mentioned previously and um we at that point we uh, we'd already had another house lined up that we wanted to move into it was bigger um so the lease ran out there and we moved into the next place and um at this time we we got a dog we had a bit of a bad run with rentals we had a dog that was quite mischievous used to bark and break things as well so um we went into this next place and um this was a two-story place and um, we would hear things banging down in the shed at night and um, if I was sitting up, I remember sitting upstairs having dinner one night and I heard footsteps behind me and he, someone walked up behind me and put their hand on my back. So this was another experience that I had and, and this sort of went on with rentals for a long time. Um, we, we, unfortunately, we had the, we locked the, the dog downstairs one day for a short while while we went out. We gave him water and stuff when he was a puppy and he broke the back door and the real estate agent didn't like it, so we had to move out. And we went to our next place and um, and uh, th this was quite different. Um, we started to have experiences here as well, but I started to realise other things that were happening that I was picking up on and that's the way that 
spirits will actually make noises of something that's happened in the past but it's not actually happening and what I mean by that is we'd be sitting in the lounge room and we'd hear the taps turn on in the kitchen you'd hear the water running um, amazingly um, yeah, you'd walk in there and there'd be nothing happening even though you'd hear the, uh, the dishes and things banging and we'd walk in there and there'd be nothing there and this was something that would happen quite regularly like a few nights a week uh, and and that's something that I started to pick up on that uh, the spirits actually if there's someone around or it could be a god or a family member that's passed over they'll, if they had something that they did uh, uh, or even if it, you didn't know the spirit it would actually make the noise but you wouldn't actually there'd be physically nothing happening you couldn't see it but you could hear it. It was like an audible sort of thing. Yeah, like um, kind of like a moment in time being replayed, but just audibly only. Yeah, and then the opposite thing would happen when we were in the kitchen, um, in the lounge room. I don't know if you ever remember the older TVs, when you turn them on and off with the remote, you could hear that fuzzy sound. When they turn on and off, we used to be able to hear that very clearly. So the TV physically wouldn't turn on, but we'd hear that sound of the TV turning on and off. That electrical noise. That was another. That was another one. I wonder what causes that. I wonder if there's like a, a an electric magnetic field that's generated by these spirits or, or something like that. Yeah, it's like something that um, plays. Like it's a sound that you hear that just repeats itself and over and over. And you and it's and and you'll and I'll I would hear it on some days and my partner would hear it on other days and. We'd both comment on it. Sometimes we'd be together ourselves and we sort of come to the conclusion that, yeah, that things that might... She said that a nana used to always love washing the dishes and would get quite noisy. So she felt that it was a nana there. Because at the time, we'd only just had the baby, see? And um, she believes that she was there helping her. And she said that she used to like watching the TV as well after she did the dishes. So that was quite interesting. So we, we feel that she would have been around at the time. But we never had anything negative happening in that house at all. Um, we ended up moving to a place in town that was close for me to get to work because uh, I used to do quite long hours. And this place was probably where things started to really ramp up. Um, I, I would say there was so, so many things happening there that I wouldn't... I don't know where to start, but I'd, we would hear loud bangs in this house. Um and we the lights would turn themselves on and off. So, um, for instance, during the day, you'd turn off the um, light or something in the bathroom, and then you'd go back in there, and the light would turn back on again. And the oven would turn itself on, or the oven light would turn itself on. Um, things like that, um, loud bangs, uh, and that was quite. Uh, common for a while um and um at this stage uh, we had a lot of spirit activity in this house in the sense that i remember uh when my daughter was she was very little and teething and she was in the bed with my partner and i at, at this stage i remember um we had a mattress on the floor and i used to sleep on the mattress the night so i was going to work just so i could get a bit better sleep and um i remember the doors in the in the bedroom would actually open up and slam right next to me. And I used to feel something, something holding, touching my face. What was, what was the reaction from that? I, I was very frightened. Um, so, um, Kristen, um, my partner seen it as well. So it, I remember the, the doors would actually open up and slam shut. And I remember she woke up and was quite fearful as well. Um, and that was like the wardrobe doors, and um, and they were just bang, 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 and it happened for about five minutes. And um, I remember just grabbing the door and just holding it shut and just told, telling it to stop. And I, when I laid down, that's when I felt the fingers like running across my face, and my whole body just like turned to absolute chill, like goosebumps all over it. I was absolutely terrified. <laughs> Yeah, I, I've just got chills over me just thinking of that situation. And I guess the, the thought that would run through my mind is the fact that, you know, 
potentially your wife and daughter are sleeping right there next to you, is this thing going to do anything to them? Exactly. Like we, uh, I, I, I didn't really know where to go with it. And, um, yeah, my partner had had many experiences with that sort of thing too. So she wasn't too concerned, but I just, I remember she got scared at that point. Um, I was yeah, scared too. And at that point I realized there was something in the house and he, we probably had to try and pass it over. And my partner used to do crystal. She works with crystals, like does uh, crystal art and crystal grids and things. And, um, so we used to do some saging and, uh, try and get this thing to, to, to pass over. And eventually we managed to do it, but it must've been quite shortly after that. We, it was like we had constant activity. As soon as one would go, another one would turn up. So uh, that would be frustrating. Of, yeah, it was frustrating and scary because I would not sleep very well, but then have to get, um, go to work and live the daily life. And then I'd find myself probably a little bit fearful of what was happening at home because I couldn't stop it. Um, so that was quite a frustrating time. But, um, at the same time, I was very interested. Um, like I, I started to like communicate with whatever was there with like the pendulum and, and just by thought and, uh, I would just get emotions and that come through and, and get feelings of who was around. Um, the next one was, um, a toy, a little toy we had in the other room, it started to play music by itself and start working. And it, it was like a little toy castle and you'd move the handle on this thing and it'd start playing all this music. Now, that was the next one. It, it decided it wanted to play. <laughs> and this, this thing would do this all night. And um, I remember pulling the batteries out of it and it would still continue to do it. Oh, to no. The point, uh, to the point where I got a, I met a paranormal investigator guy in town and he would come around and video it. And, um, and uh, my my son or my stepson, um, he would go into the room and he said one day, um, Richardson, he came out and said, some, a ghost just said to me, Richardson, a little girl. And so it was my um, little niece had actually passed away uh, a few years before. And um, that was a confirmation to me that she may have been there. Oh, it was wow. at the time that her, my um, auntie, which would have been her um Great, her grandmother was actually driving up in Queensland, so maybe she was following with them. So I've got a feeling that she was related to that that, that incident. But we ended up um, throwing this thing out because, like, it would start playing at one o'clock in the morning, and um, even with the batteries out, and it used to just freak the hell out of me. So um, I ended up, I actually, uh, this friend, a friend of mine, actually met him, the paranormal investigator guy. I ended up taking it away, but he said he never got any response out of it. Um, the next thing was, um, I remember having a, a shower one morning and, um, I remember just, I was just looking out the door and I remember seeing two of the switches turn on in the bathroom, and, um, above the PowerPoints, not actual switch to turn the light on and off, but the PowerPoints switches. And I thought, oh, something's back again. And then I heard it walk down the hallway. So there was something else. And, um, at that point there was a, the same morning, there was a doll and, in the um, lounge room that would start talking. Um, what do you mean by uh, start talking? It sounded like a toy doll talking, you know, like a kid's toy doll. Um, it would like have the voice of a toy doll um, just rambling on. And I couldn't really understand what it was saying. And I thought, oh, one of um, my daughter's dolls is playing out there. I'll just go out there and turn it off. And I remember going out there and, looking at this doll and it was laughing going ha, 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 making jokes and giggling and i remember wow. grabbing this doll and looking at it and it didn't actually it wasn't actually a talking doll it didn't have any batteries in it are you kidding ah no, it wasn't it wasn't a talking doll so this gets back to what i was telling you previously about the sounds the audible sounds that spirits make they, they seem to be able to do that that is that's just genuinely terrifying because that's the that's the type of stuff that you see in movies before everything kind of goes 
as I lead on, it does go pear-shaped. But um, I, I recall walking back into the bedroom thinking this thing is possessed or something. And I heard it say, as I went down the hallway and stopped and listened, it said, come back here, Daddy. Come back here. Come back to me, Daddy. Oh, no. And I went back out there and I took a photo of it and then it stopped. And this was just before I was about to leave to go to work. It was about 5.30. I just left. And, I, yeah, I took photos of this thing. And when I went to work, I messaged my partner and showed her the photos and explained to what was happening. She said, that's not a talking doll. It doesn't have batteries or anything like that. I said, I oh, know. Wow. Um, that was the only time that happened. Now, um, in the midst of all this, we're still having bangs in this house and... Uh, I'd go to bed at night and I'd hear the DVD player cycling, the TV would turn itself on and off. Uh, things would fly across the room. Um, this house had a lot of activity in general. And it was by this stage, I was kind of, we, we were constantly saging. Like we'd get the, the white sage and start burning. And um, our, I, I, we would do that probably two or three times a week and um, always clean the house and, um, I was always asking my friend, um, Nick from, uh, down in New South Wales to help clear things. And he was at that point actively helping me. So at this point, he'd actually started to do some one-on-one sessions with me just over, over Skype and started to teach me about meditation and, and how to clear these things away, um, just by trying to get into a more positive state of love, you know, through meditation that would drive these things away more. Um, I, I started to realise that it was potentially what we we're, were dealing with was probably quite evil in a way, um, not always positive, and we and that we were attracting it. But um, the next thing that happened was um, we went to a concert up in Rockhampton to see Xavier Rudd, and um, at that stage I started to practice the shamanic sort of stuff, which is a lot of breathing and listening to drumming and things like that and going to these deep meditative states. Um, and I, I remember the first ex- big experience I ever had of this state was going to his concert and actually sitting in the hall and listening to him play all that drumming and didgeridoo and actually going into a full trance-like state when I was at his concert. Um, my partner actually experienced it as well. I just remember my whole body was just buzzing all over and I just felt amazing that I kind of... I wasn't actually in a meditative state as such with your eyes closed, but I just felt really, really good energy. And um, I remember that night we went back to a motel and um, when we were in this motel, well, um, we we were pretty buggered. We went straight back to bed and um, we'd, we'd had a shower before we left, um, but we hadn't been in the bathroom, but we heard a the shower head actually fall off and hit the ground, but it was quite bizarre because I went in there and I looked and I thought, oh, that thing can't fall out. It sits in there a long way. And I thought, oh, it may have. And um, I didn't sleep well that night. So that's another thing is that usually when we go away, um, we usually seem to have a lot of activity as well when we stay in motels and cabins and that probably more so than our house. Um, so that we sort of felt, hang on, we've... You know, we've we've got a, another spirit up here, and we thought, here we go again. By this stage, we're kind of used to it. But um, we went home the next day, and um, I recall just laying down in the bed, and I seen uh, just as I laid down in the bed, I was pretty tired. I seen the door shut in the room, the same ones that I was telling you about earlier about banging. I thought, oh, have this something's followed us back. You know, it's actively in the house, and. During the night, DVDs would fly off the the um, like cases and stuff would come off cupboards and things like that. And um, I, I sort of felt like an angry energy. And I remember laying down one day and starting to fall asleep. And I went into that theta state, and I actually seen a black, it was pitch black, and I seen a noose that was a real like a rope round perfectly around someone's head, and it was hanging up. It was like a black figure just hanging. And then I heard a massive bang and then I woke up and it was probably in the afternoon. So it's pretty bright. And I said to my partner, what was that? She was in the kitchen. She goes, oh, 
nothing. And they said, was there a bang then? She said, no. I was like, I realised then that this, this spirit that was with us had potentially hung himself or committed suicide. I felt it was a male. And um, uh, I remember saging the house. I could feel him, his energy. And um, as I was walking to, towards him and saging, I went towards the front door, which was open. And as I got closer to the front door, the front door started to close and I thought, oh, he's going out now. And then I turned and took a few steps back and that slammed right in front of my face. So um, that was another profound experience. So uh, at that stage, I went down to see a lady down at a, a shop in Gladstone who sold um, crystals and sage and stuff. And I went down there and I said, oh, I, I said to this lady, I said, oh, I'm pretty stressed out. I said, I've got something I think that's attached or I need some help clearing something out of the house and she said oh here's a lady's number why don't you ring this lady and I wrote it down and um, I rang this lady probably 15 minutes later and um, I asked her if she could um, help me out and it was an Aboriginal lady and she said yeah I can and uh, we had a bit of a chat and I explained her some things that happened and she said oh it sounds like you're quite psychic and your partner is as well and you know you're attracting all this stuff so um, she ended up coming around to the house and um, this lady was very gifted psychic and what we actually come to the conclusion was it was actually a nephew and um, he'd actually committed suicide. So we'd worked this out, just she, she could actually sense and see spirits, this lady, and could actually communicate and um, she actually come to the conclusion that I went and got and um, got her number. It was um, all a coincidence that uh, I'd actually engaged her. It wasn't by chance. It was actually meant to be. And um, in a way, um, I'd actually led her to find her nephew. And um, she actually, uh, yeah, was very happy and thankful. And uh, we had a really good conversation that night. She told me a lot of stuff about some tribal stuff and things like that about the history and culture of um, Aboriginals in Australia and myself. I've got some um, Aboriginal ancestors and, um, and, and um, yeah, and so we got along quite well. And, um, yeah, she said that she was going to bring her husband back and, um, and um, yeah, just for dinner one night, and that he would give us give us some gifts. And um, I was like, "Oh, thanks for that." And I didn't really know what she meant. Must have been a few weeks later. She come over, and um, they sat down, and she said, "Oh, we're going to give you one of our guides um, to help you." And she called it um, a little fella. They said that we've got a few half a dozen little fellows that hang with us. And um, I didn't really know what that meant. She said, "Little hairy man." She said, "We're going to give you one as a guide, and um, he's going to protect you." try and help all this negative energy you know to try and keep it away from the house and um she also gave me some what they call grounding sticks which if you know um, hear people talk about meditation and grounding on the beach it actually assists you in um, um grounding and actually feeling better within yourself so i must have been uh, immediately i started to experience some things with this little fellow around the house and the more research I'd done on it from what they told me they seemed to stay around um, stay with men and are very protective of um, the man and um, particularly stay with Aboriginal men and um, I was very um, thankful that this occurred to me and um, it's something that I haven't really spoken about openly but um, it's just been a, an absolute life changer for me and, and it's where I started to grow more spiritually uh, very quickly, I think, from, from moving forward. But um, I remember laying in bed and she said, he's very ugly. And I remember, <laughs> <laughs> and he's very he's very short and um, he was only about four foot tall and she said, he's very powerful. They, they used to use him in spiritual warfare and stuff like that. And, um, I won't go into too much about the spiritual warfare side of it between tribes but, but 
it sounded like I was getting myself into something that I probably didn't really want to, but at the same time, I felt that I needed to because I was at that stage where I needed help. And um, I didn't want to reject the gift. So um, he stayed with us. And um, I remember we would actually lay in bed at night and um, they told us that he'll bang on the house and things like that to let you know that he's there protecting you. And we would lay down and hear the roof banging and the walls banging. Um, I remember used to go to sleep. Uh, I'd go to sleep at night and go into that theater state. Just as I was about to go to s- sleep, you, you start to sort of dream lucid a little bit, and that's where I'd see him be right above me. There'd be a little ugly, hairy man just staring at me. Wow. And, uh, and I'd realize then, I thought, this is real. Like, I was absolutely blown away. So what occurred then was they said he's going to be on his own and he's used to this little fella isn't as fast as some of the other ones he's usually with the other ones but they said he will get faster um to protect you better so again i didn't really understand what they meant but um it was just all a learning experience for me i was just thankful that i had the gift and um after that i remember my daughter used to tell um a mum that there was a wizard man in the house said, Mummy, there's a wizard man. Um, there's a wizard man through the house at the moment. And um, it started to get that full on for me because at that stage, we still started to still have spirits come through the house, but we started to hear a lot more noise. And what it was, it was he was chasing them, um, trying to clear things away. And... Um, I even had um, a friend of mine at work who was a vowed Christian. He would even come around and try and give me some tips on how to clear things, on things to say. And um, I remember when I'd say these things that um, posters and stuff in the room would start to vibrate. So I realised then that there was probably something bad around and that this little fellow was trying to clear it away. Um, I didn't really know what to do, though, so... Um, I just continued on. We ended up going on a holiday down to New South Wales and um, we went and stayed at a place at Anna Bay. And when we got there, like, he was with us. We could sense him with us. But when we got there, um, we went into the house and immediately as soon as we went in, the son said that someone pinched him. And I thought, oh, here we go. There's probably something in the house. But this house had an enormous amount of activity. Um, I remember laying in bed and actually seen three really uh, shadow beings at the end of the bed, like the black figures at night and um, all night in this house. It was like a a large house near the beach and it was right next to like a protected indigenous area as well where there was something like an area that was tied off. I don't think it was a grave, but it was an area where no one could go in, but this house was, was only just right next to it. So there was a lot of activity in this house and at night we'd hear things running up and down the stairs. There was also a big wooden house. There was um, bowls banging and clashing and things like that. And uh, I, I was really scared at this point. Um, my partner wasn't sleeping well. Like we would go to sleep at night and, um, and see things and that in our dreams and couldn't sleep. She used to see someone with a needle um, trying to inject her and things like that. And I would see things, um, I would go into the theater state and actually look around the room and see the being sitting on the bed. And um, he actually looked like the cartoon Jimmy Giggle. I don't know if you know, you've watched that, but it was that man. It was, and he was laughing at me and had a needle in his hand. And so I realized at that point there was potentially a demon in the house. But during the day we'd see this, um, golden glow figure which I believe was my guide and he was darting around and chasing something around the house trying to get it away and um, at this point I was I was quite rattled, I wasn't sleeping well um, I didn't know what to do so I rang this um, Aboriginal lady and said hey you know I, I, I believe um, the little fellow's trying to catch whatever's in the house he can't catch it and um she said, um, 
yes and I, she said yeah that's he's not fast enough and at that point I said to her look I've just had enough of this so I, I said I think things have gotten worse since I've he's been with me would you mind taking him back I'd, I'd actually had enough it was like I wanted just nothing to do with it anymore what's it like for you now because your life is obviously not a normal life anymore and having a partner that's I guess so in tune to to the world that you are I guess, what's what's that like for you now? Is that just the new normal? Yeah, so um, the new normal for me is like uh, doing the meditative stuff and actually seeing things in the meditative state and us sharing experiences about what we both see in meditation and lucid dreaming and, um, yeah, like uh, practicing ac- astral traveling and things like that. That's been the new normal and... Um, Probably the new normal for us is actually, like I spoke about a lot, is actually protecting the house from things coming in and um, having the um, little fella there with us, He he's able to assist in that. And um, because uh, to help him out, um, essentially I've actually learnt to astral travel myself and actually help remove these beings from the house. It's been... It, it sort of goes to to even more depth again, but um, yeah, it's 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 very bizarre um, that we've we both experienced this type of thing to the point where we we've met a lot of people that have had attachments, helped remove them, um, and just um, life day to day experiences, you know, um, where people will get angry and we realise this person may have an attachment or someone might be upset with us and that attachment will come to the house and then we have to deal with it. It, it, it. It's definitely calmed down a lot the last six months since we're, we're used to it more and we know what to do and it seems like it's calmed down, but it's it's very much a part of our daily life. Yeah, I could imagine you and your family, you would live quite an interesting life and the I think your normal would be a lot of people's... Um, Almost nightmare, not to not to put a, a, a negative spin on it, but you would be you would see so many things that the normal person just isn't ready for. Exactly, and um, the biggest thing, Kate, is the fear. Um, once you overcome the fear, and you start to love more, and you, when you experience these things, you'll have better things coming to you, and they'll actually assist you and guide you and pass on messages to you in your daily life. And I. I I think a lot of people, um, when I tell them these stories, I, I know they believe in it, but they're also very scared of it. And um, But it's just amazing how much we've actually turned it around and got through this fear stage to the point where it's assisted us to live a better life. And that's going to do it for tonight. And remember, if you have had an encounter, get in touch with me. My email address is believe at ccradio.com.au. Or you can message me on Facebook and that's facebook.com forward slash Believe UFO Radio. Until next time, stay safe and you've been listening to Believe Australian Paranormal and UFO Radio. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.